You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 25 of Here for the Truth. As always, the first half of this episode will be available to the public and the second half available to our members. Um, today, we have an incredible guest, um, Bernard Gunther. Bernard has had a lifelong interest in exploring the mysteries and hidden knowledge surrounding our planet and humanity's origins, questioning the roots of what constitutes reality and how social and spiritual conditioning impacts upon our collective search for the truth in all aspects of our life. His journey over the past 25 years has also led him to the study and practice of yoga, qigong, movement practices, psychology, shamanism, as well as various spiritual and esoteric teachings. His website, Piercing the Veil of Reality, is a wide-ranging collection of essays, films, podcasts, webinars, and interviews, ranging from spirituality, shamanism, psychology, self-work, esotericism, history, to the paranormal and hyperdimensional realities. Bernard is working with individuals from all walks of life, helping them in their path of healing and wellness. He also hosts his own podcast, retreats and online courses with his partner, Laura Matsu. Um, Bernard is someone who has influenced me in, in my path the last two years in a big way. And I've been following his work and his essays and his podcast and his videos um, and super grateful for everything you've put forward, especially during these wild times, my man. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Definitely, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, where, I, where I'd really want to start with this one, because I know you've had such a rich story and such a rich journey and such a, a key part of our podcast is getting the stories behind the truth. So I'd love in a brief overview from you, just major rites of passages and red pills along the way. And yeah, how, that, how things planned out for you to be where you are and stand and speak truth to power as you are. Yeah, right of passage. Many people actually don't know I was born in Los Angeles. Um, my dad escaped Eastern Germany um, with his family, uh, literally jumping off the ferry, swimming to, to the west side, got in prison, but then got out and wow. then fulfilled his dream to come to the US. He met my mom on his way and also in a, in a refugee camp. She escaped communist socialist Poland. So they moved to the US. He made his he fulfilled his lifelong dream to study at UCLA, made his, his PhD. I was born there then in 72. But then my mom, I kind of thankfully didn't want me to grow up in LA. So they moved back to Germany. So I was one year old. I moved back to Germany to Munich. That's where I grew up. Um, but, you know, major lifestyle milestones. I mean, usually all I can remember, I've been a very emotional sensitive kid. I couldn't fit in, you know, like always questioning kind of there must be more to life but just went along with the program like anybody else in this age you know um and then it didn't didn't really hit me until like after high school i graduated from high school in munich at the age of 19 i met a friend and he introduced me to drums to playing the drums and i remember the first time i sat down playing the drums i was holding a beat that connected me to something transcendental so my first spiritual experience i think i had plus playing drums was like wow you know this is amazing finally i enjoy life and that moment i decided this is what i want to do for the rest of my life so you know i'm an only child so my parents were very happy sarcasm <laughs> that i decided that uh, dropping out of the university of munich and then just working some odd jobs saving up money and then at the age of 22 
1994, I moved to Hollywood, straight mm -hmm. to LA to study drums and percussion at the Musician Institute. You know, I don't know if you guys heard of that mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. middle of Hollywood. Uh, back then in the 90s, Hollywood was quite a bit more skanky than it's nowadays. So it was quite a culture shock too, from Europe, Germany to Hollywood, you know. Um, there was quite an adjustment, but that's when of my, you know, in my early 20s, I explored art and music and expressing myself, right? Emotionally through music and, and playing drums in various bands. But all along in the back of my mind, there was always like, there must be more to, to life. What, you know, what, what's really going on? You know, there must be more than we've been taught and told. So I always had that splinter in the mind, so to speak, right? That questioning. But then the trigger was really the rite of passage was my own uh, dealing with severe depression and despair and all of that, just, you know, kind of like never being happy and just, you know, had my share of drug experiences and all of that. Um, and then that question, I remember that my band fell completely apart because I got disillusioned with LA too, right? Like, you know, with the whole pretense and image and, and all of that, kind of like that part of LA, right? And I remember when my band completely broke up with no one. I was laying in bed, grew up, woke up in the morning, had a day job, just, you know, working at an animal hospital for like eight bucks an hour. And I woke up crying, really in despair, didn't know what to do. And, 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 and I remember this voice or something popped in my head that told me, like, I need to figure myself out. You need to know who you are or you will kill yourself, you will die. And that was kind of like the... The, the call, like, who am I? The ultimate question, not only what's going on in the world, but who am I? And then I remember going to this bookstore and, you know, once you answer the call, like, there's guidance, unseen synchronicities, and there was this book laying right there as if it was there for me, and it was from this guy, Krishnamurti, mm. and it was called Freedom from the Known. I was like, whoa, this is very fascinating. So I read his work, his book, and that this one of the first quotes that stood out to me in his book was... Um, it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And it's like, boom, that's, I realized even that's why I'm depressed because I'm adjusting to a world that's where pathology has become normalized, you know? And I also realized that depression in that sense, what I was dealing with is not necessarily mental illness, but a cry of the soul of something like, has, I cannot adjust to the world. I need to know who I am. And that kind of set up the path, right? So, and then I got early on also into... I met my mentor out in the desert, tripping on mushrooms, doing the desert party thing. Right? That's how it happens. He introduced me to yoga uh, and, and, the, and the healing arts and body work. And, you know, so that's I found my another passion, another talent I had doing body work, doing healing work. And I went to body work school and, and, and became a professional body worker for almost two decades. Um, you know, and then I left the music scene behind, moved to Topanga. Um, in a little hut, literally in the hermit style, living by myself for a decade without being in a relationship even and just like trying to understand myself, getting deep into spirituality, psychology, but at the same time questioning the world, right? So I also got deep into conspiracy world, right? And um, I remember that was also actually, that was also in the 90s I got introduced to that in, in uh, actually this, you know, book, um, William Cooper, oh, Behold, oh, yeah, a yeah, Horse, you know, yeah. classic came across and then also in the one of my back in the days in the 90s my mushroom dealer gave me uh this vhs tape of this guy david ike of one <laughs> of his eight hour or nine hour talks that was back in the 90s like holy that like that opened up definitely i mean people can think of david ike whatever they want right they think these control opposition this whatever but he was you know he kind of opened up definitely the doorway so to speak 
And then I, you know, got deeper and deeper, and then eventually got also more deep into the fringe, into the UFO phenomena, right? I always knew there must be more something else. And one book that also really was a big trigger in my awakening, that was Bringers of the Dawn by Barbara Siniak. Mm. You guys heard of that book? It's kind of channeled material, you know. Uh, but her early work was really good. I read that also in the late 90s. So that was a big wake up call. And then the ultimate wake up call was 9-11. Well, yeah. almost anniversary, right? 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, where I just really then, you know, started also writing, started speaking out back on MySpace in, in those days. And then, you know, early on, like what I realized in my own life that it needs to happen both the inner work, the self work, very necessary to come to work through our shadow of our traumas, wounding and all of that. And the quote outer work, right? Researching, questioning what we've been told and told and taught and, and getting more into the conspiracy world and all of that. And then, you know, I took some detours into the new age pill a little bit here and there as it happened, right? Um, had my had to eat humble cake many times and my cycles of dark nights of the souls and whatnot and crazy relationships on the path and, and all of that. And you know, and then kind of took a life on its own because I never really consciously planned on doing the work I'm doing. I just put my work out there, even back on MySpace, like I said, because I wanted to connect to others. Yeah. And then my friend said, you should have a blog. I didn't even know what there was a blog was back then. Blog, what is that? So I started the WordPress thing in, uh, in early 2000. And then, you know, people liked my work. And then I met my good friend, Umberto, who I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said, Hey, we should make some films out of your, out of your blogs. And then made the film love reality in time of transition and you have O's in the ends, you have O's and the question of contact and then another short one, know thyself. And that really blew up. We made those films like over like 2010, 2011, something around there. And that really blew up. And then, you know, more people came to me and like, and at the same time I was doing body work, right? I had my own practice and um, that morphed then into also more holistic coaching and all of that. Started doing retreats and some point. I spent some time in, in, in Peru as well, you know, in the jungle and uh, worked with Curanderos and kind of the medicine path for a bit, but kind of got disillusioned with that as well. And, you know, you know, I never st stayed with one thing, like it was always just whatever would lead me next, right? So, and I grabbed for various teachings and, you know, as the saying goes, you, an you know, once you answer the call, like the, the classical hero's journey, then the, the guidance comes, the interferences come as well. But maybe you guys can relate one of the worst, you know, experiences I had in my life were actually all right of passages, because for me, what I see about life, that all this are lessons, mm -hmm. right? So there has, there's a bigger lesson in all of that. So I also understood early on not to get into the victim state, right? Oh, the world is doing this to me and, and all of that. And, and even when we are now speaking out against what's happening in the world, yeah, we need to speak out, but also careful that we don't get into shadow projection and all of that, right? So otherwise we become that what we fight against, so to speak, or become puppets to other forces we may not be even aware of. And I'm constantly in the same work. It just keeps my expanding. And then I met Laura, you know, that was really divine guidance as well, my wife. And we started doing the work together, started doing courses together, retreats. And uh, we escaped L.A. last year, living in Arizona now. And who knows what the future holds. <laughs> so that's that's it kind of in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> thank you so much. For, thank you so much for sharing all that. I, I Hearing you speak, it's just pretty awesome because I left East Coast. I came to I came to California. I was on an acting path and then I went through my own my own um, 
let's say dark nights of the soul i'm a body worker as well i feel like each new thing leads to the next thing for me it's like so it's just really cool it's really inspiring to hear hear you speak uh, i don't know maybe i'll escape from la one day too i don't know we'll see <laughs> i think it's always like you know when you know you know it's like a natural call that happens you know for mm -hmm. the same reasons you came to la and then at some point maybe who knows you know maybe you yeah. needed that that's that's why i feel like what i also realized that this path is highly individualistic we yeah. all individuals right based on not only our current life but past life karma soul lessons who knows destiny purpose and all of that so what I also learned, I need to watch out, you know, in my own practice, I've had to learn not to give advice to others, what I know works for me, but may not mm. work for others. So that's tricky. We always are out of our well-meaning intention, tell others what to do, but that may work for us, but not for others, right? Because I still have many friends in LA and for them, like, hey, then maybe this is where you need to be. For yeah. us, we felt a strong call, so... I agree with you. I think it, it it depends on the individual and what works. And, exactly. you know, I know you're a student, of, I believe you're a student in human design too. So I think, again, yeah. it's just like what may work for one type, one profile, one, exactly. uh, one way of being or one authority is going to be different for the others. So um, yeah. it is definitely individualistic. Yeah. And I mean, individuality in general is a, is a mass awakening, you know, because I mean, for, I think for so many on, on a path, we so quickly adopt these cookie cutter models of what it is to be spiritual or what it is yeah. to be on some kind of authentic path. But how can there be authenticity if, it, if it's shared with another? And often the only advice that I, I give anyone is you, you, you know what to do, right? And as hard as it may yeah. seem, you got to start trusting that call and start trusting that little voice on some level, because until you listen to that voice, then make an action based upon what it's what is speaking to you, then you're never going to develop that trust or develop that intuition and build that strength and flex that discernment to continue on that path. Um, yeah. And your video, Know Thyself, was that was that was a big one for me in, I guess, it was the final shattering of my new age spell in, in a big kind of way. I mean, how do you how do you see how do you see new age spirituality and and how people can kind of break free from that grip on some level? Well, I see different phases. I think it kind of lost momentum after 2012 when there was no mass awakening or mass ascension <laughs> happening, right? All these prophecies didn't turn out. I think there's a revival happening now because I see now all of a sudden, because of what's happening in the world, right? There's a civil lining. More people are questioning and waking up, mm -hmm. but I see more people gravitating to the, the you know, fast food spirituality, as I call it, right? The new age and all of that. And for me, it's really hard because I've learned also it's not black and white. When you say new age, everybody has a first of all different definition of 100%. it. You know, I've been called a new ager because I do body work and massage. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, you know, for me, new age in the nutshell, first of all, when we maybe look at the definition, it's just, you know, very superficial pop spirituality that definitely that only kind of like tries to force you in a positive state constantly without looking at the dark, even denying the dark, you know, and misapplying higher truths that are true from a higher level, but you cannot just apply them right now. For example, all is one, hence we're all the same. No, we're not all the same. We're all one, yes, but there are vast different levels of being, you know, from a high level, all this love, you know what I mean? Everything is an illusion. Yeah, that's true, but that doesn't help you help us right now. You know, uh, as well, we need to deal on that level where we're at right now. Um, so I think it's it's truth mixed with lies, you know, and, you know, I've, I've been probably, you know, I've been more like, <laughs> I'm sure you guys heard of Mark Passio, right? His new age bullshit thing and all of that. Um, 
which I can appreciate, but I'm, I, I think I have more compassion for people who get into New Age because I've gotten into it. I can see the, the temptation, right? You get in there with well-meaning intentions. Uh, but if you're really sincere, you will see, you know, that's, it comes down to sincerity, really. You know, if you're really sincere, you will see the, uh, not only limitations, but the harm of it all. And then you will have to learn the hard way. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Um, but, you know, you can see it from different levels. You can also see how the New Age has been, you know, socially engineered since the 50s, 60s, you know, and all of that with the hippie movement and, and CIA involvement and all of the New World Order and all of this and one, you know, uh, world religion and all of that. Kind of, that, that's where the New Age ties into all of that. Um, yeah. But again, like, I, the way I see it, that's why the, the work we do with my wife and I, when we work with people, like, the first question is really is, how sincere are you? Because that's really what it comes down to. You know, if you look into all the esoteric teaching, there, there's even the saying in the Bible, ask and ask and knock and knock and you shall receive which has been very even distorted in the new age as well, kind of like turn it into some manifesting your desires. But that saying is about the sincerity. You, the more sincere you ask, then you would truly receive that what you need, you know, the true teachings and all of that, and the path opens up. Um, so that's really what it comes down to, because even this day and age, I see a lot of people abusing the work, uh, the word awaken, I'm awake and all of that, right? when I'm not awake in the true mm. meaning of the word, right? That's, that's what we're talking about. You can be, quote, awake to some level of how the 3D matrix maybe works, right? But the process of awakening, that's, a whole, that's the great work, right? And I remember I'm a big fan. I like Adya Shanti's work a lot as well. And I remember in his book, The End of Your World, he asked the question, one of the questions to his students is like, or in general, he asked, do you really want to awaken or just be happy in your dream life? Because he also realized people, a lot of people who talk about awakening they don't really want to awaken they just want to be happy in their dream life you know mm -hmm. even the the work we're doing in our courses you know we make it clear it's not a personality developmental course you know if you want that go listen to anthony robbins or somebody else you know what i mean nothing against them we need that as well to a degree right but we want to go beyond desires beyond personality to awaken to who you truly are in the true nature and that path is not a walk in the in in the garden so to speak right it brings up everything that is unconscious and unawake, right? And I think a lot of people who go into the new age, they fall easily into spiritual bypassing, right? Because the true awakening path is, you know, it's not pretty. It brings out, it brings out its shadow work, right? That's really what it comes down to. It's very uncomfortable and you deal with a lot of stuff. I can see myself, I've been suppressing not only this lifetime, but past life. So it's, it's, it's a battle, really, you know? So going back to the question, I mean, I can see how people get, you know, tempted to into the new age. And that's also like how, you know, I feel the, the matrix tries to steer people away, you know, by uh, distorting truth, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think anything that negates, I guess, personal responsibility should be, should be a warning sign um, mm. for, for most people. Um, all right. You, you've brought it up. So, so let's go there. Um, the matrix control system how, how do you see that in in play at this point in time and what are potential traps at, at, at the moment i mean um can you give us a brief overview basically first of how you perceive perceive the matrix control system what that is even at a definition level yeah on the basic level i see it like my colleague and friend tom montauk he called it like it's the paradox right it's a prison and school at the same time 
Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it as well. And then we, we ask, we're also talking about what level are we talking about, right? Because I also, you know, the way I see it on the very basic level, what I see people now waking up is to the superficial layers of the 3D matrix, right? The physical matrix where we see the corrupt institutions, government, you know, yeah. globalist agendas and all of it, even Illuminati, secret societies. I still see this kind of on a superficial 3D level. And then it goes deeper from there, right? And then you can even go more into the 4D, the non-physical matrix. That's, I feel, the root of it all, right? I think the 3D matrix is just a manifestation of the hyperdimensional 4D non-physical matrix. That this is the ultimate secret, the topic of all topics, as Castaneda has talked about and various other theoric teachings talked about these forces, you know, that um, manipulate humanity from unseen realms, right? That we are actually not on top of the food chain for for once and also living under the illusion of free will right because who is giving you know, where are the thoughts coming from and where we you know we can easily be uh, manipulated from from other realms so then i see it you know from these from these two different levels the 3d matrix the 4d matrix and um even when you look at the you know what we perceive as psychopaths the globalists right now controlling the world and what now what's especially now with COVID and all the klaus schwabs out there and the gates and the fauci's and all that for me they're just puppets themselves right mm-hmm. and i think the trap is like just you know yeah we need to counteract on some level right uh but the trap is when you just focus on these personalities and project your hate and anger onto them because they're expandable anyway from my perspective they are fully possessed by some sort of other force or called as Sri Aurobindo would call a hidden force or cold force. Um, but I think, you know, what we are experiencing now is the ultimate alien invasion through our own bodies, right? And that's for me the ultimate secret. And even in light of the alien topic that, you know, when we were speaking of aliens, that these are not necessarily beings from other planets, but they've always been here interdimensionally interacting, right? Mm-hmm. And they have worked to this end game we're in right now, excuse me for thousands and thousands of years to prime our bodies to use as incarnational opportunities because that's the only way they can exist or, or interact with this reality right that ties into the jab and all of that as well and it's maybe a bit far out there but for me right now what i'm seeing confirms everything i've been researching for the past 20 years you know um so i see this more from the hyperdimensional perspective the matrix right literally like i feel that a good example is I mean, it's cliche, but the Matrix, the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Of the machines and the humans being used as batteries. I mean, that's kind of similar, like our life force is being used as food. You know, food is not necessarily physical food, but, you know, whatever we emanate, you know, from our lower nature, sexual pathologies, or our projections emotionally and whatnot, this is what other beings feed off of. And so they keep want to keep us in this frequency prison, you know, especially fighting each other and whatnot. But what I've also realized and what's really uh, important to note and written in all complete esoteric teachings is in particular what I've gotten into is lately is, is Sri Aurobindo's integral yoga. Right? He put this whole, uh, this whole matrix set up with the occult forces, other beings in this higher picture of the evolution of consciousness. Right? Because they have their teaching function as well, these, these evil entities. You know, some people you know, on the left-hand path, the occultists, they make more you know, conscious uh, connection with these beings to get more power and whatnot. But these forces can only get to us what I realize where they have certain entry points within us. And the entry points are our blind spots, our shadow aspects, traumas, wounds, you know, even now what we are under a collective 
trauma installment program, so to speak, where then, you know, and fears the ultimate uh, frequency that the matrix vibrates on. That's what these forces also then, you know, lock into. So it's all about frequency. But when you study the occult esoteric teachings about these forces, you can use, utilize them as teachers, right? Because they can only come in where you, you have the entry point. And I've seen this in myself in my own journey, and I've been through quite some hyperdimensional warfare interferences, dealing with attachments and all of that, and had to do my own exorcisms here and there and all. Of, but what I realized is, again, that it, you know, they served a purpose because they got into something that I wasn't fully aware of through my own wounds and traumas. So the more we engage in the great work, right, which is the alchemical work to quote, transcend the matrix, which works on the basic psychological level, doing basic psychological somatic work, shadow work, and all of that up to spiritual work, the, the more we anchor the soul. That's the true meaning of embodiment, right? Um, to bring the soul to the front, as Sri Aurobindo said, would say, or Gurdjieff. And the more we are anchored the divine within and connected consciously to essence, the less we are affected by these other forces, and the more we, quote, transcend the matrix and create a new reality. But in context of the evolution of consciousness, I see these forces or evil playing its part as well. We need, you know, this again, the paradox, right? The friction, we need the friction in order to uh, to evolve, to wake up. And even now with what's happening in the world, as you know, it crazies in, in Australia and all over the world. And they're coming down with the draconian awareness measures, but it always also triggers a, an awakening of people who would have maybe never questioned anything before, right? So that's, in a nutshell, I kind of see the matrix from these different levels, the 3D, but I look at more from the 4D, the non-physical level, uh, you know, but then also in context of the evolution of consciousness and how we can use it as a teaching function. Hmm. Awesome. I have a question. Do you think there are, like, um, when you consider substances, drugs, alcohol, et cetera, are those um, substances that open oneself up two entities to come in i'm curious your thought on that yeah i i think yes you know again it depends on the individual depends mm -hmm. on the context it depends how much right i mean i've done it all i told it was back in my musician days my amphetamine days you know i've done heroin all of that you know until i found mushrooms that opened up a whole new world <laughs> and i believe let's talk about psychedelics a bit yeah i you know i've worked a lot of psychedelics in particular mushrooms dmt and ayahuasca and two things that has helped me on some level, right? To kind of work on myself, um, especially a lot of childhood stuff, childhood wounding, trauma work, you know, to do the inner work, it helped to reveal a lot. But I've also seen in myself, like it brought up too much too fast. I wasn't able to integrate it. Mm -hmm. And then what I also know, that got me actually into this topic, by the way, in um, into this whole hyperdimensional occult topic, because I remember back in the again, late 90s, early 2000s, I got deep into Terence McKenna's work, so I did his like was working this this heroic dose, five grams between five and seven grams, yeah. by myself, locked into the rehearsal room of my band. I'm just okay, let's go there, and I had you know quite a few experiences. What what always struck me, I didn't have quote spiritual experiences, but it was very alien. I was entering an alien world. There were other beings, right? So in these journeys, and then I was experimenting heavily with DMT as well. Um, with these machine elves and whatnot, but at some point I knew I brought something back too, you know, so I had something within attached to me. So I had to then kind of work through that, so to speak, even working with a, with a shaman and whatnot to get rid of it. 
So I knew like there's something else that can easily, you open yourself to up to a different reality and depending what substance it is, you enter that reality, right? And, um, you know, especially alcohol and amphetamines is more the lower level of, you know, definitely. So um, I even see, feel, I mean, that's, as I was studying more, um, especially Sufism and, and, and Arab mythology, you know, they are completely against alcohol because for them, alcohol, even the word relates to some sort of demon or some sort of entity, what they refer to, yeah. right? And, you know, that's what I see, what I see now when people get completely drunk, black, have a black on alcohol, like for that time, something else took them over and they just don't, they were out of body and something else came in, right? And if you really go now into bars and nightclubs, everything has become so normalized and drunk people and the sexual energy and the hookup culture. This is, it's like infested of entities if you would have the clairvoyant eyes to see, right? And it's not to say that, that you know, if you have a glass of wine here and there in the evening, that's not a big deal. But, you know, if you really like, you know, get pissed, so to speak, that's, that's a whole different story. So definitely if it can open up other realms. And I, I feel if you're more sincere in your own practice on all levels, you become more sensitive to these substances and what you enter. So naturally, you're kind of like reluctant, I think, to engage in that, right? Um, the whole psychedelic scene in ayahuasca, that's a whole topic on its own. I've written a big essay on it because I feel there's a whole other side to the ayahuasca um, thing, which became very popular, right? I see there are a lot of, you know, again, it's it's not black and white. I'm the one who throw the, the baby with the bath water, but in my work, I've... I've quite dealt with a lot of people who were, you know, dealing with some severe entity attachments based on the ayahuasca ceremonies gone wrong. So that can happen as well. Yeah, yeah I'm happy that you brought that up. I, I'll have to check out your essay because especially living in, all, in, in Los Angeles, it's like this thing where someone's like, I have my shaman and I do ayahuasca all the time. And, and it's just got so popular. And I was just, yeah, I was just curious to, to, to hear your thoughts on that because it's just, um, where's the sincerity as opposed to it's just some other thing to attach to and to make part of your as your identity. And then you talking know? about new age, it's easy to spiritual bypass. People get hooked on the peak experience, you mm -hmm. know, and like, oh, uh, and I'm enlightened and I'm a shaman now because I had two ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah. No, exactly. And listen, at the end of the day, a person's going to be on their journey. I've done some yeah. crazy things, but it's just it's just interesting to consider because you said something before, too, that I love that you said is things can come up too quickly, too fast. And if they don't have the psychological foundation and understanding of the structures of the psyche in their self, like yeah. what is that going to do to them? Yeah. You know, how do they integrate it in their life, in their soma, et cetera. So, you know, the, the, these, these medicines, these substances are super powerful and it's not just like, Oh, my friend is, well, we're going to Peru and we're just going to do it. We're going to do a <laughs> thing, you know? So yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think intention is such a big part as well, because most people, or not most, I don't know, but I mean, a wide range of people, I'm sure would be looking to these substances as a form of escape, right? And if, if the intention is to escape, then we're going to be disembodied in that process. And the moment that you mean we become disembodied, then of course, we're opening ourselves up to be, I guess, attached to by some other form of entity. So I don't know, for like, I, I, don't, I don't really, I've never done ayahuasca, I haven't really abused any kind of substance or psychedelic, but um you mean i've smoked my fair bit of the fair bit of weed in, in, in my day kind of thing and initially my my use of that was was to escape you know what i mean i didn't want to be yeah. where i was i didn't want to deal with what i had to deal with and you know what i mean the fallout for that from that was was never good but i think if we go into something with the intention to ground and to center and to i guess check in with what we need to check in with in more of an, an embodied way then 
they can yeah. be they can be quite beneficial. No, I agree. I mean, it's, as I said, it's intention, you know, and even like with ayahuasca, just on that note, you know, I was just talking to, to Laura the other day. Nowadays, you know, we go like, especially in, in Topanga, I know, like I've never been done ayahuasca because of me, but I know there are all these kind of groups and here and there, mm -hmm. but, you know, I don't want to sit with 20 or 30 or 40 people I've never met before and open everything up mm -hmm. when the traditional way you have to understand, you know, people work grew up together in a tribe and you do like maybe one or two people with the shaman and that's it you know what i mean instead of like these 20 strangers from all over the world and you know i mean i've had experiences i know uh, uh, this medicine woman shaman woman um from peru I was good friends with um she told me about scenarios where literally like the shaman was not holding space correctly and she's very clairvoyant and sees some entity coming out of one person jumping into the next right because everything is open mm -hmm, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. that's that yeah i uh i was in peru in 2018 um and um that's when i had my only uh, ayahuasca experiences i did six ceremonies over nine days and it was a pretty in intense experience but i was by myself for the wow. first two and then there were a couple other people so nice. it wasn't this whole like huge group thing i mean i enjoyed it for what it was afterwards i didn't, I didn't feel the desire to keep doing it but i had some powerful insights but I can only imagine like being in a group of 20, 30 people, um, you know, what can come up, how entities can maybe bounce from person to person. I mean, it's again, it's this is powerful stuff. It's not something just to be like, oh, I, my Sunday's open. I'm just going to go over to the paint <laughs> exactly. and do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, because I guess like on 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 on, on one level, we're more easily manipulated when we haven't done that shadow work, right? When we haven't really dealt with those traumas, yeah. when we haven't really had those, had that deep look in the mirror or had those hard conversations we need to have had. And from the other side, like these, I guess, unseen occult forces, they they prey on the fact that we're not willing to go there within ourselves. Yes. Is that how you see it? Exactly, you know, uh, because the more you make the darkness conscious, that's how, because I've, I've learned a lot. I mean, I have a whole webinar on my website, eight hour webinar called Occult Forces of Hyperdimensions, where I kind of condense my research and experiences uh, because it's a vast topic and it has become more popular. This topic I've noticed over the past four or five years, right? And with the popularity, which is great, bring it to awareness, but with it, a lot of distortions and see a lot of people still like blaming entities, you know? Or people like contact me out of nowhere and like, I have 24 entities that you know, attached to me. Can you get rid of them? So, you know, you have to be, first of all, on an extreme high level of being to really know, see entities and know how much attention. I'm not clairvoyant, so I'm not, I don't see anything. I can have certain senses, but I also know I fooled myself, you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I thought were entities were my own thought projections, you know. And then what people are actually dealing with is their own basic shadow stuff and not necessarily yeah, entities maybe come in you know, and, and they exaggerate it, but they're not necessarily attached to it. So what I see the danger right now, which is also all the occult teachings have talked about this as well. They people dabble in their call, they get into these topics and entities without having the psychological or even spiritual foundation. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they can easily get lost in the maze of the occult, which even Sri Aurobindo warned about. And I've seen this a lot, people lo losing it you know, um, in the in, in, in the rabbit hole of the occult, so to speak, and and yeah. uh, getting lost in shadow projection, even completely going maniac and whatnot and, and seeing entities everywhere and like getting in, in complete in, in paranoia as well, which is what these forces want as well. 
So it's really important. That's why even with Law and I, the, the work we're doing right now, as people are more awake and we help people to work on, on the foundation, this is the most important part, which is like, it starts with basic shadow work, you know, understanding Jungian psychology on the most fundamental level, which a lot of people talk about, but don't really apply it. Because it's easy to talk about, about triggers, uh, you know, when you're not triggered <laughs> and projections and all of that, and really owning that and understanding where it comes from, right? Mm -hmm. on a very basic level and that goes back into basic childhood wounding trauma work and all that and especially the body work the somatic approach right not just head-centric analysis i'm sure you guys can relate to i mean i fool i have a high i have a strong intellect mm -hmm. and it works used to work against me because intellectually I understood shadow work and this relates to this and that and because I just understood intellectually where my childhood wounding comes from i thought i'd healed myself but still stuck it's still mm -hmm. in the body right mm -hmm. so the work is through the body that's that's the key point and a lot of people especially in this information age are out of body and we're getting addicted to information and that's another thing especially in the truth movement or conspiracy world and all of that yeah we need to share information become aware but then i see a lot of people losing track so why do you seek truth to begin with right what's your intention so ultimately it quote should be to awaken right so there needs to be other work because it's impossible to figure out the matrix and everything in the occult just intellectually alone. It's, it, there's no way, right? And that's what I learned more and more also, having more the humility to embrace the unknown, right? Or the, the mystery of life, which I simply cannot understand. The more I know, the less I know, so to speak, right? Intellectually. And then at some point in the journey, as it has been in my life, especially over the past few years, is bringing God into the picture, the divine, the surrender. And that's another, tr uh, you know, tricky topic or trigger topic, God, because we associate with dogmatic religion out there. And we know, yes, religion has been used for social control as well. But again, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? So then the spiritual aspect, but going back to the initial point, I think that the, the psychological foundation is very important in this day and age, right? And the more you do that, then you automatically close off the entry points, right? And I still, it's, I think it's good to know, to understand, like going by know thy enemy, right? And, you know, understanding how these forces operate, the modus operandi, right? But you don't dwell on it. You see, I see people can get very much into these topics out of like curiosity, novelty, and go more and more. But what's the point? Like, it's similar, like when you in traffic, I like the analogy, like you need to know the traffic rules, right? So you don't get hit by a car right and so look left and right know the rules and all of that but you don't you know get in your car constantly thinking about oh my god i'm gonna get an accident where's the next mm. car coming and all of that so you're gonna be aware of it similar with shadow work right make make the shadow or like make the darkness conscious but don't dwell on it mm -hmm. same what we're seeing in the world right now right we need to be aware of the dark make it conscious but i can see how people easily sl slip into doom and gloom and that's what these forces want too right so we, we focus on the negative timeline. The other opposite is the new age, who just completely ignores that, right? And just wants to be pretend that there's only love and light. But in a sense, we need both, like being aware, but being also having this warrior attitude of this healthy detachment, right? And then working on yourself, healing yourself, do the work, use this as fertile ground to do the great work and also focus on, 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 on creating a new world, in the positive sense, using our creative potential, because that's what these occult forces also use. They use our creative potential to create their reality. 
right? That's why these millions of people now hijacked. Also, Wetiko. I'm not sure. I'm sure, maybe you guys heard of Wetiko. I, I have that, the book by Paul Levy, yeah. Exactly. So that's what's you know, Wetiko's taking humans over, and you know, we see this right now with the woke cult, the the covert cult, and they have no mind, no beliefs, nothing on their own. It's like a group entity that has hijacked them and working through them to install their totalitarian, um, you know, takeover, so to speak. So we need to take back our creativity, our soul essence, right? Our divine given creative power to withstand, you know, these forces, these anti-divine forces, bring in the light through the inner work, anchoring the divine and create a positive timeline. So it's also about creating a new world, not just pointing out of what's wrong. I think that's very important in this day and age. Bernard, you're speaking my language 100%. And, um, you know, my find, my foundational, like, education was very intellectual and psychological and let me just getting more and more information. But once I went into the physical body, once I got into really deep body work into the soma, I mean, my view is the body is the unconscious. The body is a vehicle for the unconscious. The body is the shadow. So yeah. when you're working with altering structure, working with the tissue, manipulating it, working with the bioenergy, like from a more Reiki standpoint, it really is. It, I mean, that, that changed my life more than anything. It, it anchored me more than anything. And I think it's, I think something that more and more people are, are waking up to. Uh, yeah. It's not just like, let me read a book or go to talk therapy, but oh, wow, there's this thing called body work. Someone told me about it. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's really cool. It's cool to experience. So uh, it's, yeah, it's important to, there's different access points, but I think working with this physical body is such a powerful way to, to do shadow work and to transform and to, yes. and, to, and to have those things bubble up so you can face them and deal with them and integrate them. Exactly. Yeah. The com karma is in the body, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, and I think also nowadays there's a lot of like, um, you know, psychology also moved to this more somatic approach, right? Which is really, you know, there's new modalities coming out that are really helpful in this day and age. Yeah. And you know, too many people go into like, you know, this this nostalgia of just like the truth is somewhere we need to travel to the East, to India and whatnot. And there's great wisdom and spirituality there as well. I learn a lot from that. But as quote, as Westerners of our, you know, growing up, we also need to have a different approach than people from a different, you know, they mm -hmm. grew up differently. Same with what we talked about, about shamanism and ayahuasca and all of that, right? So Yeah, my wife and I just finished uh, Peter Levine's somatic, well, somatic experiencing, which is based on Peter Levine's work. Oh, nice. so it's, Excellent, you know, it's just another subtle way. And, you know, more social workers, more psychotherapists, psychologists are utilizing these tools where it's like, let's just not talk about our problems all day. But okay, as you're saying this, what are you noticing in your body exactly what image yeah. comes to you okay as you as you're tuning into this image what are you feeling in your body so it's just again it's a more direct way of working with the nervous system which on some level you can see you're your nervous system on some foundational level so yeah it's yeah, good to I, see i feel on a basic level the biggest disconnect is people forget their bodies are even there right yeah it's, we're just floating heads most of the time yeah. and we think that spirituality and understanding nature and reality is all of it's all it's all intellectual right but really we're not even present in our bodies we're not feeling any yeah. energy or any yeah. any anchor within our bodies itself and that's that's why we get so lost and that's why we get so far off track because there's no anchor point we're not grounded anywhere it's just you know oh i know this information now i'm special right i'm, I'm on some kind of path because this information is coming to me kind of thing um that's 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 what i see anyway mm -hmm. Yeah. When you no, think that, that that's very that's very important because I noticed that as well. Like as I mentioned before, Logan and Laura and I were doing these these courses embodied soul awakening. This is an integral approach based on the fourfold approach, as we call it, holistic self work, working on all levels, 
physical, somatically, emotionally, psychologically, and, and, and spiritually. Um, but, you know, the people get into, you know, sometimes join these courses because of my work. They want to get into the occult, the esoteric, the metaphysical, the, the matrix, and all of that. And then you ask, you know, like, so, you know, but like, like you just mentioned, Joe, like you asked them, so, so what's going on in your body? How are you feeling in your body? And some people cannot even answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, so disconnected, they don't even know how they feel. Or they mistake perceptions for feelings. You know, oh, I feel, mm. I feel abandoned. I feel, I feel betrayed. Well, mm -hmm. that's not a feeling. That's a perception, right? And where is that coming from? What does it remind you of? And that already opens, can open a doorway like a can of worms to, you know, something that may have happened in childhood. They maybe normalized or have forgotten about, right? Yeah. But the entry point is really like, you know, the, the basic foundation of self-work, what really people need to understand is just the ability to observe yourself as Gertrude is called self-remembering, right? On all levels to be really aware of your body and what's happening there and, and, and sensing even just that awareness alone, I'm sure as you, as you guys know, it creates change. I know this from my own, from, from, you know, just my own body work and, and, and doing body mind practices. Does being aware of what's going on in your body without trying to identify it, without trying to judge it, with even trying to change it, that already like creates change. Mm -hmm. But we need to have that awareness and the way we need to get out of here into here. Right? Yeah. yeah. Even the simple act of I'm picking some type of food up and I'm putting it into my mouth. Like, what is it that I'm actually doing? And how is this nourishing me? Like the simplicity of like, I'm drinking, it's just like this mindless, I'm picking something up, <laughs> I'm, I'm stuffing my face. Like not even that just slowing down and yeah. being present and aware of, of a simple act of how you nourish yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more to unpack here, but let's let's leave it here for the first half. To our public audience, we're gonna, we're gonna let you go here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you'd like to continue listening and check out all our other members only content, please visit us on Patreon. Thank you. All right, so our members, welcome back. We're gonna continue this incredible dialogue with Bernard Gunther. Um, Bernard, one thing you speak about often, and obviously we're in wild times at the moment, is embodying the warrior archetype. What is that and how do people do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> number step one, one. Yeah, step, step two, one, exactly. and now you're the warrior. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, the warrior, you can see it from different angles. I think the warrior archetype also ties into embodying the healthy masculine principle which as we can see has been very diminished the feminization of man or talking you know i'm sure you guys are aware of mistaking toxic masculinity which actually healthy masculinity this whole inversion right but i'm talking about also masculine principle not gender but the masculine principle right of action of also boundaries and warrior archetype in this day and age meaning also standing up against the the evil against the anti-divine forces and I feel a lot of spirituality, speaking about New Age, has been distorted, you know, in the idea of just um, uh, not resisting, right, or not counteracting, and just sitting back and turning the other cheek, or just meditating on love and peace, and or or the distortion of reality creation, you know what I mean? That you live just in the in the bubble, and you just need to focus on what reality you want to create, and all of that. And all of these are distortions. It's very important in this day and age to counteract, as I would call the anti-divine forces, you know. And I mentioned Sri Aurobindo before his work of integral yoga really helped me to um, not only clarify, confirm my own insights and experiences in many ways, because Sri Aurobindo was not your typical guru. He was highly 
critical of the aesthetics in India and even highly critical of Gandhi and the nonviolence principle and all of that. Very, very fascinating. And he talked about the necessity to destroy the anti-divine forces. Yes, from a higher perspective, that's, that's how people get um, confused. There's only one, the divine, and even evil is an aspect of the light, so to speak, like the yin and yang sign, right? The, you know. Yeah. But essentially to understand, you know, a lot of people say we need to get out of duality, for example, right? Don't feed, don't, don't choose sides, just stay neutral. But a lot of people, to be truly in a non-dual state is literally equals enlightenment. And people approach it intellectually, which I've done as well, and then abused it, so to speak. Uh, because actually, for example, dark and light or good and evil is not a duality, right? Because evil does not depend on, cannot exist by itself, right? There's only light and then there's ignorance. So there's uh, importance to counteract, the, uh, to make the darkness conscious, right? From a young perspective, maybe, or counteract the anti-divine forces and resist them. Um, and we need also action and will and, and how this ties into the warrior archetype. For example, how it ties into the healthy principle, the aggression principle, right? Which is also mistaken as violence. But the healthy aggression principle from a warrior archetype perspective or the healthy masculine perspective is being decisive, right? Action-oriented and just doing what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And also then alignment, alignment with truth and standing up for something, having a high ideal. That's the, that's the ultimate warrior archetype is to stand up for something that transcends your own personal desires and goals and aims. And I think that's a lot of people are being called to do that, almost forced. This is not about just our own personal wants and needs. This is standing up for something bigger. You know, and I think that's where the warrior archetype comes in. And, you know, like any archetype, men, some people are more drawn to this and that. But, you know, everybody's, again, different. We know that as an individual. But it is important right now, you know, to really make a stand, you know, um, even receive the protests, fine and good. But even protesting is not enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? The way I see the warrior archetype to happen right now in the very practical level is complete uh, civil disobedience and non-compliance without bargain, without compromise, right? Saying no to any vax passports, to the jab and all of whatever the consequences may be, you know? Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people, you know, have compassion with, oh, my job, uh, you know, they're getting, that's how the matrix works, by the way, as well, temptation and force and like make it harder to live. So you finally take the jab so you can go to your concert or or bar or, or even your job. But, you know, say like, um, I think you guys had this this the, this doctor this woman on. I like her tweet. She she posted something. Don't take Melissa the jab. Sell. Yeah, Melissa Sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's I, amazing. Yeah, I posted I posted a tweet about um, you know, don't don't take the you know quit the job that requires the jab or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. She had the tweet out right, yep. and she made a good point. Adapt, evolve, right? Exactly. That's that's what I see the silver lining, you know, to step out. Even I, by the way. I still, last year living in Topanga, I was still working as a body worker. I had my own practice, but I was working at this re at retreat center called the Ashram in Malibu, mm -hmm. right? And they started then requesting, first to shut down, then re requesting masks. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I knew this, they paid me well. It was a big jump into the unknown, but then it forced me, okay, with my wife, let's do something else, do courses. Like it, it forced us to be creative, to be inventive and jumping and like, and we're actually doing pretty well, right? So there's an opportunity, I feel, right now in all of this, right? In light of the warrior archetype and in light of uh, decentralizing, basically, 
but it takes what it requires is taking self-responsibility you know not making yourself dependent on your employer on daddy on mommy government for payouts and unemployment and all of that but there's a silver lining but it requires work it requires the warrior attitude right to be in battle and you know the other thing what what's happening right now it really forces people uh, to focus on what truly matters I think that's also a great thing, like not to waste time and energy. And that's also the warrior thing, right? To stay focused on what truly matters. Yeah. And there's one book I, I can, I'm, maybe you guys have been aware of it. You guys heard of this? Yeah, book? the King, Magician, King, yeah. Warrior, Magician, Lover. Yeah, it's an older, uh -huh. older book from the '90s, but it's really good. And the warrior, he they described the warrior archetype very well. It's more geared for the, you know, for man, for the healthy masculine. But again, you can you can draw. On, the, 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 the masculine principle of the warrior, which goes for, for me for both for men or women in general. But it is really about the necessity to, to step up and not getting into the fear frequency and, and standing up, also being authentic. We talked about this before, right? Speaking up, just speaking up that alone. And too many people are afraid still to speak up, right? Not only because of maybe again censor, but they're afraid of what their friends may think, their families and all of that. But that's part of the evolution. You need to embody the warrior archetype in order to individuate. And individuation is the process we're in right now. You can see it from different perspectives, right? You can see it from the Jungian perspective, getting out of the consensus state to individuate, out, separate from the mass, you know? I know you guys into human designs, same mm -hmm. principle, get out of the non-self mm -hmm. into the true self, right? Your individual self, right? Uh, and it will, it will always create opposition. You know, you can even see it from the matrix. Once you step into your individual self, there will opposition. Like people have this idea, like if they individuate that everybody or like, or like, let's put me this way. Um, Adya Shandi made a good point. People think enlightenment means that everybody's going to love them all of a sudden, right? And that's not the case. That path, if you even look at all the masters, they have been encountered all kinds of opposition within you're going to start battling forces within occult interferences that come in, as all the teachings have talked about, because they try to keep you, you know, locked into the matrix. Nobody should step out of the herd, right? Or you get attacks from, from other people, you know, from friends and family who can even act as Agent Smith, so to speak, or public attack for speaking out. So people still are very concerned, out of concern, what other people think of them, right? Hence, we need the warrior archetype. We need the warrior that armor, right, so to speak, of just going into battle, because we are in the battle, we are in the war, and it's not gonna, you cannot fight the predator with niceness, as, as Castaneda used to say, yeah. right? So, but, you know, how the warrior archetype um, manifests for each individual is, is different. On the very basic level, it just really comes up to stand up for what is right, you know, and listening to conscience, you know, because that's, I think, on my path, it's always like been people ask, tell me something, you're so courageous doing this and that, but I don't necessarily consider myself courageous. I have my own fear still, right? Mm -hmm. But the definition of courage is like you act despite the fear and also listening to conscience, what you really ought to do rather than just being concerned with your own immediate uh, personal goals and whatnot, right? Definitely, man. Um, like the way I see this is like, we know what the enemy is about. We know what they're doing. Why are we giving them anything at this point in time you know what i mean for me it's a it's a straight cut i'm eliminating as much reliance as possible i know yeah. which way that that system and that quote unquote timeline looks like and, and where it's going and you know what i mean i'm i'm choosing not to partake and i'm building my own from my core essence and what what that yeah. really calls for you know 
And it's like, I, I haven't worn a mask in, in two years. You mean, I've, I've never participated in that. I refuse mm-hmm. to, there's a hard boundary. And yeah. I feel deep within me that anything that I give towards that, I'm actually hurting myself on some level. Also, exactly. you know what I mean? In, in any, any, any compromise that I make when my integrity and everything about me knows that, why would I feed exactly. that beast at all? It's a matter of integrity and having respect for yourself, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even like, as you know, if you see in Australia, for you give them a little bit, they take more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Your little finger, they want the whole arm. And then people always think it's going to, you know, we just do this, we compromise, and then we'll get back to normal. But that's the trap. Yeah. I think once you start standing up and embodying that warrior archetype and saying, no, or I I will not tolerate this, or this is not how I'm going to live, you just start attracting more people like that. Like That's how you build a conscious community is by standing in your individuality uh, with integrity. And we've talked about this often on this show is that, you know, the last two years of my life, I've met the most incredible human beings, amazing yeah. people, new friends, people that I consider family. I've known for like a few months, six mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. because people are standing up in their truth in this certain way. And it's, uh, it's just been really powerful to witness. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's we, we're finding our soul families, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily blood, blood family, you know. And also, as you were sharing, what it reminds me of the warrior archetype, it's not this like, you know, violent, going to war and, and, and fighting. It's, it's like you mentioned, it's this embodied frequency, you know, because I've noticed that when I am truly in my masculine and it's embodied, it's not just I'm like here, you mm-hmm. know, it's not this macho <laughs> thing of like, don't fuck with me kind of thing. It's a very calm frequency. And even I go out to the shops without the mask, you know, like, and I'm just embodied. Nobody bothers me, you yeah. know, because I'm just holding the energy, the frequency, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm looking, I'm not trying to, I'm not looking for trouble or anything like this. I'm just yeah. holding myself, right? Yeah. And it's good to delineate that it's not just the, for men, you know? I mean, there's so many yeah. women that have been taking up the warrior archetype, especially uh-huh. around the whole vaccine issue for the last 20 years, you know, warrior moms that are just standing in their Sometimes truth. more than men. We just recently in Sedona, we met uh, somebody contacted us because the, uh, this woman contacted Laura and me because they, I made a video here in S- Sedona. So they wanted to meet up. So we met up a couple of weeks ago with like seven or eight warrior moms, like patriots who just mm-hmm. like, you know, against an- anti-vax because of the children. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're the mama bears, right? They are okay. like... <laughs> You don't want to fuck with them, you know? So they're really standing up. They're really getting into the warrior archetype. It's beautiful to see. Yeah, no, awesome. I agree. Do you think there's um, karmic consequences for not speaking up, particularly if you know better? Um, yes. Good question. <laughs> and I don't, karma is, is, I don't mean it in like, oh, you're going to be punished and burn in hell yeah. for that. No, you no. know what I mean? But, you know, there's, diff- there's, there's, it's willful ignorance, right? There's ignorance when you sim- people simply don't know better, they're caught in the fear virus or completely conditioned and brainwashed. But if you're aware of and know, it's your duty at this point to speak out, you know, yeah. and, and make your voice heard. Because that's, if you have anything learned from history, like where I come from, Germany, you know what I mean? It is, you know, necessary to speak out, speak out for others. So I think right now it's an actual opportunity. So on, on, on a deeper soul level, that's when we talk, you know, can, can go deeper into soul lessons and whatnot. This is a big opportunity, right? Because whatever we don't learn now, we need to learn next, next time around. So there's no avoiding our lessons and we don't get to move on individually and collectively until we learn our soul lessons. And part of it is also standing up and speaking up for truth, mm-hmm. right? 
And that means, you know, again, like I mentioned before in the first hour, it's also important the inner work. So we don't I see a lot of people getting too caught up in the outer external and then speaking out turns into shadow projection when you get really upset with, with uh, yeah. you know, Fauci and all of these guys, right? Yeah, speak truth, you know, but also uh, um, don't lose, lose yourself within that, so to speak, right? You know, don't forget yourself, as, as Gurdjieff would say. But yeah, I think that goes back to what I mentioned before, listening to conscience. If you're really in tune with conscience and essence, it's like you have no other choice but to speak out. That's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you wrote an article, um, is it metaphysical consequences of, of the COVID the jab? The COVID jab, yeah. Yeah. Can you give us a little brief insight as to as to what that might be from your perspective? Yeah, that looks into like, you know, the whole, we know about the issues of the COVID jab, which is, we know it's not a vaccine, it's a gen, genetic therapy, gene therapy, so to speak, you know, and uh, we already know about the injuries, the deaths, that the statistics are suppressed, or even the case suppressed, even Dr. Simone Gold came out with the data from the CDC that they don't consider if somebody dies within two weeks of the job, they don't even consider this this person vaxxed. By the way, I, I posted this tweet on Facebook the other day, and now I'm in 30 day Facebook jail again. So there you go. <laughs> um, but the mm. way I see it, you know, I wrote another article before that as well, um, the long range agenda, what I see happening with the jab, the jab is the real bioweapon, and it ties into the depopulation program, right, mm. which for me, it's a confirmation. I've been aware of this for many years, right? That's where they're working towards too. You know, I, COVID, and people think it's a bioweapon itself, Wuhan web. There's a lot of, you know, talk about this as well. Uh, I personally don't even think there is a virus as in the way pe we understand viruses. I'm not saying people are not sick or mm -hmm. not dying, but it's not because of COVID. But the yeah, real agendas, they want people, it's very obvious that the, the, their main agenda is they want to vaccinate as many people as possible, right? So what I see happening is like, yeah, there are all these vax deaths and injuries, which I don't even call injuries. I think it's meant to be this way. They want to, you know, uh, um, limit the, 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 the population agenda. They want to get rid of mass of useless feeders. You know, that's what people have to understand the level of evil of these psychopaths in power, right? But this is not going to, they also know this is not going to happen overnight. I think it's, it's a long range, you know, we'll see the real side effects on a physical level. Also, a lot of people dying potentially five to 10 years from now as the immune system disintegrates with booster shots and all of that. So there's one agenda. Now, the metaphysical aspect, you know, that ties more into also in the work of Rudolf Steiner, you know, his mm -hmm. famous work and, and quotes from literally over 100 years ago. In a lecture where he literally talked about the vaccine is going to develop to drive out the spirit out of humanity to separate the soul from the body right and i even wrote an article about this as well in 2015 or 2016 uh, one of my longer articles time and reality split in the hidden forces of life was exactly talk about what's happening right now first of all there is a splitting of humanity also i feel natural and also what i've um hypothesized or even like through my own research and insights come to the uh, conclusion that you know this what i mentioned the first hour the invasion is happening through our own bodies right from an occult hyperdimensional perspective that's where they tag into and with the jab it separates the uh, the soul more from the body and the more they can separate it from the body the more these other forces can, can come in and take over body mind and spirit and that's kind of the essence of what Steiner talked about he also talked about these forces of darkness 
And there are some other confirmations. I post this, this, this uh, in this, or quoted this woman, this healer who worked on somebody who got vaxxed. And she's also saw this, that the soul is just hanging on in the string, so to speak, right? There's, it's just, you know, and it's not just a vaccine, as we can see over the years, like they're poisoning us on all levels. GMO mm -hmm. food, they're really like, you know, the, that's why our body is our temple. It needs to host, host the soul. That's why, you know, embodiment is so important. But with everything else, the disembodiment, people are checked out, you know, it removes the, the, the spirit or the soul, astral body, whatever you may call it, more from the body. And the jab is the ultimate, you know, um, you know, the end game, so to speak, for this takeover through our bodies. So I don't want to scare people because people then think, oh, I got the jab, you know, it's, it's, it's a highly individual thing. It already depends on where you're at, your level of being. Everybody's affected differently, you know, and I think the more booster shots you get, the worse it gets, so to speak. Um, but that's what I see. The basic metaphysical aspect is this takeover, you know what I mean? And it's by design, you know, through our bodies to dislodge the soul from the body. And you even read it in their own papers. You know, I'm a big fan. I don't know if you guys heard of Jay Dyer. He's an excellent researcher. Mm -hmm. uh, Jay's analysis. Um, he does a lot of reading. So I always check out his work because I can't read all the books. But he now laid out, for example, some of the white papers, the documents in their own words by the globalists, including like Klaus Schwab's COVID-19 and the Great Reset, where they literally, he really talks about, um, you know, that man, uh, that human beings are becoming not uh, moving from carbon based to what was it um silicon based life form so to speak the really the transhumanism the ai you know i mean that's a long that ties into that as well at some point we probably will get already are injected with nano uh, nanoparticles in all of that so that's the end game right the merging of man with machine and all of that and that's how i see the takeover from this hyperdimensional perspective hence the importance of the great work of embodiment that's really like people ask, what should we do? What can we do? Yes, we need action. We need to resist. But the inner work, the more you remove your stuff, the, the shadow, you know, work through your shadow, your trauma, your wounds, you anchor the soul, connect to essence, you know, the less these forces have an effect on you, you know, and then you're also immune to what's happening out there. But the jab will, you know, loosen the astral body from, from, uh, from the rest of the, of the whole body mind complex so to speak so that's kind of the nutshell of, of this article yeah it, and it's probably a bit out there for a lot of people but for me based on my work and my research it's like it's it's it kind of all the dots connect with what's happening right now yeah look, yeah, it makes sense to me makes 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 a lot of sense there's just so many different angles to look at what's going on and what is yeah. potentially gonna gonna play out from all of this um like in from your perspective there's there's no stopping the way that Babylon is moving. Like that's that's the way I see it anyway. I feel like yeah. as you mentioned, there is a timeline reality split, and that's yeah. we're kind of at the, at the crux of that at the moment. But I don't really see reform as an option in any true yeah. essence of what reform is. I mean, this train is taken off. Yeah, you cannot vote yourself out of it. You know, I mean, I've also gotten bitten. I don't know. I don't know what you guys' view on Q and all of that. I've gotten into that last year. I've dismissed it for a long time, and then I wrote this big essay, mm -hmm. and I still see some. I don't see that black and white. You know, what I mean, like going back to the whole Trump era and Q. I think there was legit military intelligence. I think there's something happening behind the scenes. I don't see all evil in government. Then there are patriots trying to counteract this agenda, and they have been aware for a long time. 
but I don't feed into the Anon, QAnon, like Trump, Savior, and, and, and mm -hmm. sooner or later, all, everybody will be arrested. No, yeah, it's not going to happen. You know, it's like they're doing their part on their level of consciousness, you know, and there will be resistance here and there, but we need to step up to the plate. And like you said, it's not about saving the old system. That's why even that go along with make America great again. Yes, I'm all up for the Constitution, Second Amendment, patriots, yes. But we need to evolve consciousness. It's not about going back to the old days, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, definitely not going to the to the great reset of the new normal, right? That this is also the the forced uniformity. But there's a splitting of humanity, which I feel is natural. I mean, there's the obvious divide and conquer agenda from the matrix of pitting us against each other. You know, mm -hmm. race against race, gender against gender, and all of that. But there's a natural splitting based on the evolution of consciousness, level of being, level of soul integration, right? That's why like people like us connect little pockets here and there and you, and you see it in your own lives. Some people get uh, get out of your life naturally. It's like mm -hmm. even, you know, it's not even trying to convince others anymore. Like, yeah. That's the most important part. You cannot red pill people. That's because none, nobody has red pilled us. It came through our own efforts and insights. Nobody forced information on us. You cannot convince people by information alone. If that would be possible, we would be already enlightened, I guess, you know. So there's a natural splitting happening, I feel, right? Um, that's why I say, like before, it, it's about decentralization. And I don't buy into the doom and gloom, right? It's, again, know their enemy, know their agenda, right? Where they see this going. It doesn't mean that we, they're able to fully go through with this, right? But you need to understand how they work and what their agenda is without feeding the doom and gloom, while at the same time, work on yourself, create something new, right? See, the, find the silver lining, you know, even with decentralization, even like crypto thing. This is, it's a whole other topic in itself. I used to be very resistant to that as well, but I see an opportunity here as well, right? To kind of detach from the, from the banking system and all of that. So it needs to happen on multidimensional levels, right? We need to like prepare emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, but also physically connect with the right people and ultimately goes back what i mentioned before is this deeper surrender to the divine i think the most important part i know for myself especially like you know looking at my life what i see what i see coming is your connection to the divine to align with the divine will and the divine will is nothing abstract like god talking to you maybe that happens too i don't know but it's like con connecting to your true essence to who you truly are right mm -hmm. and let this this be your guidance then you know you know what to do and without getting too much distracted by what's happening in the outside world. Yeah. Um, such an interesting topic. I was personally, I was raised as a, as a Jehovah's Witness. So mm. there was deep programming in terms of God on me, you know what I mean? From the, from, from the outset and a lot of, a lot of fear-based kind of programming, um, you know what I mean? Always having to, I guess, please Jehovah God. Um, also like viewing our current reality as a fallen world, to some extent, like all the, mm -hmm. a lot of those Gnostic kind of teachings. Um, so that was a big process for me. It was actually deprogramming from that. It's, it's, it was actually quite a stranglehold for a long time. Yeah. Um, but now I've kind of moved through that phase and now I'm kind of at the point where, you know what I mean? I do feel that call to kind of let God back in, in, in some, yeah. some context, you know, but like the, like the, the actual feeling and not the kind of built entity with characteristics that yeah. that the initial programming was so i'm just wondering from your perspective like how do you like in, in deeper terms what is god to you and how do you how do you perceive god and how do you go about that process and building that connection well 
just as a preface, like words lose their meaning, we can kind of point at it. For me, it's most important, like an inner experience that transcends intellectual understanding, even emotions and feelings and whatnot. But I can see it in myself just looking back, you know, there's a saying, uh, you can only connect the dots looking back into your life. And I look, connect the dots, and you know, even at the beginning, I shared my life journey. I've seen now there's, there was an invisible guiding hand, some other force that guided me all along, right? You know, and even like I mentioned, like the negative things that happened, right? That was kind of like God, you know, yanking me out of a situation, you know, despite my resistance, you know, the more I resisted, the, the more painful it was, be it broken relationships or my band breakup and everything, you know, because my ego wanted what it wanted. But then there's the, what the divine wants, right? And then I learned it the hard way. There's a saying, tell God your plans and he will laugh at you, right? So that's the way I experience there's a guiding hand, you know, so to speak, that has guided me through where I am right now. And, you know, the more you're conscious of that and you become more conscious of it, the more you really work through your, that's why it's its integral approach. You work through it on a psychological level, but the more you then connect it to essence, your true self, right? And that's where I experience the divine most, first of all, within myself, right? In my true essence and experience the the true state of your soul, of your psychic being, as Sri Aurobindo would call it, or your essence, which is joy, mm. right? And joy in that sense is not what we as the human ego experiences. Joy when you just, you know, you know, would see a concert or cheer for, for your favorite sports team or whatnot. It's completely independent of anything external. It's the natural state of your soul, right? Of your essence. And the more you connect to that, that's kind of, it's very empowering. And that kind of connects me to something deeper and then gets opens up to deeper levels of intuition. And, you know, I don't make decisions out of my head anymore, right? It's more this deeper embodied knowing in the sense, you know, similar when, you know, when I came from the U.S., uh, from Germany to the U.S. or when I moved from L.A. to, to Arizona, it's some deeper calling that goes, that transcends rational thought or anything like mm -hmm. that, right? So... First of all, the divine is, is an inner experience. It's nothing external out there. But the more you're connected within, then the more you see it externally as well, right? In, in very synchronicities, you know what I mean? Or you see it even, you know, you can see through the crust of, of, of people and see the divine essence as well to a degree. And you see something else is here in charge. Divine will something larger than any human will whatsoever, right? So I think we have been tricked and, you know, I've, I, I can relate to that. I can know a lot of people who have been, you know, um, raised religiously like you have and whatnot with the idea of some external God <laughs> that watches over you and is going to, you know, reward you or punish you, right? Mm -hmm. And these kind of things. And that's how religion has been used for control, right? For Here thousands and thousands of years. The problem is then people throw out the baby with the bathwater and then it became mm -hmm. atheists and whatnot. So, but it's also part of the matrix control system, right? The anti-divine forces, that's why the woke, the woke left right now, the Marxist, socialist, you know, they're completely anti-God, anti-divine. You know, if you even trace it back, Marxism, you know, Marx had, uh, you know, we, we, Lauren, I watched this documentary on Epoch Times about Marxism, how Marx was also had some sort of connection to Satanism, sa Satanism and, and channeled his ideology from there, right? Because they want to destroy God. They want to destroy, you know, uh, um, the divine and, and, and bring in the anti-divine forces. So that's why we need to bring that back and rediscover um, God and spirituality. And you see it even in the U.S., you know, with the Patriot Movement, all of that, they, they bring in Christianity back. You know, it's still maybe externalized, 
right? But we need a revival of finding the true Christian teachings, which I've also studied esoteric Christianity, which is a, a beautiful teaching has nothing to do with the, you know, externalization of what we, we see in the church and whatnot, right? So we need to bring back to the essence, but ultimately it's, it's finding the divine within. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, like, you talk about like the, the woke left and I mean, obviously Marxism, socialism, fascism, it's all rooted in the collectivism, right? And what better way to destroy God than make convince everyone else that they're all the same, you know? And when yeah. you realize that God is that in the process, it is connecting with your true essence, your true individuality, because we're all so different and really tapping into who it is that we are and the different nuances that we can offer as individuals. Like to me, that is my, that is my process of God. It's connecting to who I am, you know, but if I'm someone who believes that I'm the same as everyone else, then I'm never going to get there. You know what I mean? So it's just interesting how you see these collectivist ideologies, then you talk about them being anti-God and anti-life and anti-divine and those connections. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you see, I mean, you guys are who uh, you're into human design, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I used to like, I was big into that many years ago and like 10 years ago, I got, I delved deep into it and got a few readings, you know, and that's a lot of the human design. I mean, I never attached to one, uh, any mm -hmm. of the systems because yeah. I think no system can fully like of course. describe you. Right. But they're great tools. Right. But what I liked about human design is also it really the, the description between self and not self, which is very much, it's very esoteric as well in the sense, right. Of understanding what is the not self and connecting your true self which is your essence right mm -hmm. and then you know when you really like which is easier said than done like acting according to your authority and whatnot right mm -hmm. um but that 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 is the guidance that shows you that that, that that's what i like about this system it, it really emphasizes the individual right which goes yeah. contrary to the collectivism obviously yeah i i definitely hear you there i was actually when you were talking about what guided you previously in your life about your intuition i was going to ask you i was like are you sacral or are you or are you Emo uh, emotionally emotional? defined yeah we're, we're three of us we're all emotionals here and yeah. so even on the simplicity and that understanding authority was huge for me because it, it just sh shined a light on i'm on a wait i'm on i'm experiencing a wave right now let me just allow myself yeah. to go through it before <laughs> that, that I just, hard like, way too man well of course <laughs> before i just like respond to this text or make this phone call or tell someone to go fuck exactly. themselves yeah. you know like it's like and even in partnership this is another reason why i love human design is when you understand your design and your partner's design or in business or whatever it's just a yeah. way of of understanding self first and then understanding another person. And so again, it just comes back to the individual. You have more compassion for yourself, more understanding for yourself. You get out of the compare and contrast game, which yeah. again, this world, the malignant culture is always trying to get you to be something or like someone, or, yeah. you know, we're on social media. Everyone's like, well, that person's doing that. I, why am I not doing, I should be doing that. It's like, no, come back home, look in the exactly. mirror, use these systems as tools to, to get affirmation. Like I found that these systems have allowed, instead of just being like, oh my God, I didn't know this about me. It was more an affirmation of certain things that I had discovered. And yeah. it, I, I found that to be a powerful process. Yeah. Sure, man. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And all right, I guess while we're there, let me introduce you to, to something a little bit new as well. And I know amazing Laura has, a, has an astrology background and practices astrology. So um, I'm a member of Michael Tessarian's mystery school. Um, mm -hmm. It's called Terrascopes. So basically, this is esoteric astrology. It's the way the ancients did it. So back then, there was no computations, no charts, no computer software, compasses, atlas. Basically, they observed what constellation was actually visible in the night sky. 
when you were born and they built a fixed chart from there, right? So this takes into play the precession of the equinoxes as well, which I'm sure you're familiar with. So for you, being conventional Aquarius, although actually the constellation of Aquarius was in Pisces at the time when you were born. Mm-hmm. And so in the esoteric system, we take your rising sign is simply what's opposite Pisces. So the mm-hmm. sun was in Pisces and what's opposite Pisces is your rising sign, which is what the sun was illuminating. So it's what the sun was pointing at. And this is your key significator. And for you, this makes perfect sense to me. I don't know how you're going to resonate, but it's a Virgo, right? And Virgo mm-hmm. in the tarot is represented by the hermit card. <laughs> yes. And this is the scholar. This is the bookish, the, the intelligent, the virtuous, yeah. the patience. Okay. Yeah. So in the system that I employ, this would be your core sense of self. And this is mm-hmm. the general means by which you will go, go about your everyday pace of life to get yeah. to your destiny, which is where the sun is, which is Pisces. So Virgo to Pisces is kind of the trajectory of your life. And obviously mm-hmm. Pisces being the deepest spiritual and mystical card and sign that we have. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I thought I'd throw that and, in for you. And you both, you both are, are hermits in human design in terms of the unconscious line, correct? We're both six uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a six yeah. two. Uh, Laura is five one. I'm a five one. Oh, you're five one, right on. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like six two, yeah. And ironically, like that also helped me with human design. That ties. Thank you, Joe, for sharing. That definitely resonates and also ties into the other systems like human design. I remember, like around you know a bit later, a bit after my Saturn return, a few years later. But then the moment I went on the roof, right, mm-hmm. I moved to Topanga into the hut into my hermit face, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's fascinating to to, yeah. to see it in that way, yeah. And now I'm like approaching. I'm forty. I'm approaching fifty. I'm 50 about to approach my Kion return. I moved mm-hmm. to Sedona, so now I'm coming back from the roof. So yeah, interesting. interestingly, really I, just, cool. I just I just got on the roof. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to be on the roof. Like when you really understand, it's like to be more aloof from everything. And it is, uh, man. No, I'm definitely. Good. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. I'm a five one, but hey, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Now you guys are the heretics, you know, the investigator. Laura is such an investigator. She yeah. has a lot of Scorpio energy too. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Where do you want to go from here, us? I don't know. I don't know. This is such a great conversation. I'm really yeah. enjoying every bit of this and where we're going. Um, I mean, we're talking about what's going on. We're talking about solutions. Um, Hmm. How do you guys uh, started? Actually, I'm, I'm just curious. You guys know David as well, right? David Whitehead. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, my wife and I we were interviewed on the Unslaved podcast last year. Two episodes oh. on awakening somatic intelligence. Oh, nice. And uh, Joel saw those episodes and okay. found that's them. How, to uh, be, that's awesome. Found them to be pretty cool, and he hit me up on Instagram, and we we just realized we were on the same page and and like soul family. And yeah. we, we were like, I always wanted to do a podcast, but I couldn't do it on my own because uh, nice. Joel has amazing skills and qualities that are just not my strengths. And one day we just said, let's just shoot an episode. It was our first episode, which was called Walking in the Authentic Path. That's awesome. And here we are yeah. 25, 25 episodes later, yeah. you know, so that's how we connected. But you can. Yeah. And then more. we actually ended up on Unslaved together talking yeah. about the podcast and Walking in Authentic Path. Coming so. full circle. See, yeah, that's what then, I mean. That's what's happening. Yeah. Like you guys, you know stepping into your own, you know, mm-hmm. into that's your own thing, power, man. basically providing this, you know what I mean? Like that's how we, we, had all da- we had David on, we had David on here too. I think it was our sixth episode. And yeah. then he had us on his podcast, which, you know, that's how it goes. We, yeah, we build exactly. the connections, 
you're aligned in certain ways and there's there's nothing like having no conflict between who you are and what you do you know and i feel like there's just an experience that many aren't having at this point in time and i mean there's so many factors involved in that obviously we have reliance on income from the system and we need jobs etc cetera, etc cetera. um yeah. but the, the connection also between you mean our unhealed shadows our unfaced traumas and the reason that they are key blockages as to why we're not willing to participate in our authentic yeah. life and, and who we actually are you know and like that's a process that i've been through um and it's 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 so key man and before i was before i was had the courage i guess to actually face those demons you know what i mean then i was always wanted to escape from who i am you know yeah. but the moment that you realize that you mean this thing's just like a burning bush and it's up to me to put it out otherwise it's going to consume me um then you can actually find that equilibrium and from that point actually discover who you are deeper than things like this happen man i mean and to me this is this is true reality creation it's the process of discovering who you are and then yeah. living as such you know and door doors open where they never have been during that process yeah. this is for me also the true secret of reality that's a whole other topic in itself but reality creation you know we have the secret and all of this and visual and what you know and there's it's true mix of lies but ultimately you'd really tap into reality creation because first of all, but people never, I work with so many people when they want to create their reality, but people don't question, first of all, where are the desires coming from, which they need to want to manifest. And now I know for myself, a lot of desires had in the past, even my, when I came in my early twenties to the US, like I'm going to be a rock star. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was a lot of based on childhood wounding, right? I was bullied. I'm going to show everyone <laughs> that I'm, you know what I mean? All of that. So a lot of desires people have, are based on childhood wounding, conditioning, social programming, compensation for insecurity and all of that. So the more you do the work, like I, well, I'm at, I, the desires I used to have, I don't have anymore, right? Even though I thought, you know, so that just falls away. And the more you connect to essence, which is divine will, then you really in the flow and start naturally manifesting what you truly need and desire from a deeper soul levels, including all the soul levels. And that gives you a much deeper fulfillment rather than what you think you want, right? Mm -hmm. And that also implies like you guys experience. That's what I mean in this day and age to step up to the plate to, you know, see the connections, synchronicities, and then also jump into the unknown like you guys did, right? And then who knows the ripple effects, what will happen from then on, you know, the people you connect with and whatnot, you know? Yep. similar to because like I'm, the reason I'm asking because the first time I heard from you guys also is from David you know I remember like he posted oh that's a new podcast I never heard from you guys and then Laura posted uh, I think Joel you I love yeah, your tweets are awesome like uh, Laura awesome. reposts your tweets you know so it's like oh I think the guy who whose tweet you post he just contacted me for a podcast I'm like so that's that's how it happens right yeah. <laughs> we, we we I don't know if you remember we, we chatted once before I applied I we chatted had a pre I put a pre-application in for one of your courses once upon a time and we had a little oh, yeah? minute conversation n n never went anywhere from there but yeah I don't okay actually Sorry, I'm like, I've talked to so many people so yeah no I'm sure go. I'm sure <laughs> but man everything you say is so resonant I mean for me my background is a hip-hop artist right and my entire life I wanted to prove everyone wrong make a career out of hip-hop win the grammys and it's all i freaking wanted to do you know what i mean but yeah. it's true where are these desires coming from you know and yeah. the culture that we're raised in especially with the hollywood programming mm -hmm. etc yeah. etc there's so many pseudo desires and pseudo morality and pseudo paths and pseudo traps for us to get caught into you know yeah. um and it's, it's it's a process that obviously you have to learn through experience and i mean it's, it's true yeah 
Yeah. I moved out to LA to continue pursuing an acting career. Yeah. Yeah. But I think most coming... people are moved to it. I like either for music or for movies. Yeah. But it was coming from a place of like, well, how can I be the most special? Right. I'll be on the big screen and, and yeah. people will respect me and love me and clap for me and I'll get a lot of women and whatever the case may be. You know, it's yeah. just like these, this programming. And then as you continue, the, 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 you go through those dark nights of the soul and you do the healing work and things start peeling away and you start stepping more into your essence and who you are. Yeah. These things don't matter anymore. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So... It's, yeah. it's pretty cool to witness because I also realized, uh, you know, the more um, I mean, I've studied a lot of I don't know if you guys heard of age Almas. I really like his work as well. The diamond approach mm -hmm. okay. and you see it in, in a million other esoteric traditions, but he lays it out very well. Like any desire you have is really what you're really looking for as essence within yourself, your true self. Right. That's why in the ancient days, you know, the, the aesthetics, they also, you know, even Buddhism and all the Eastern traditions, they say, you know, desire brings suffering, which is true to a degree, but then they went the opposite end of, of rejecting any desire, right? And like rejecting even the physical world and all of that. And that's the, the, the path of the aesthetics, you know, which Yorubina was very critical of as well. It's like almost life denying. Yeah. And really what it comes down to, Alma said, it's not about um, denying desires. For, first of all, where's the desire coming from? Understanding what you're looking really for is essence, you know, even the desire for a partner, desire for this and that, you know, what you're looking for is your true self. So it's not necessarily um, denying desire, but being detached enough from it that you don't use it, you know, to give your power away for the ultimate fulfillment, you know, because I'm all up for also creating abundance and fulfilling your desires, enjoying life, right? But not uh, grasping on it. And I think we have, you know, if, if you haven't really found yourself or not, don't engage in the inner work, you're always externally looking for something, right? And then you're in this, that's why we're in, in the place we're in, in the world right now. But the more we can connect to within ourselves and be more detached uh, from, or not that attached to desire and can still enjoy life without the grasping, that's kind of like when we really also change, change the frequency of the world, I feel. Hmm. I think that's a, that's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Bernard, I, I, I know you got to run and we we're so appreciative yeah. of you making time for us. And thank you so much for standing in so much, so much truth and so much power and for, and for bringing your gift and your experience and everything that you've been through and you mean culminating that into this, this, this force that you are at this point in time, man. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank so, you much, so much. Guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. And real quickly, before we sign off, yeah. do you want to share your website or any information, Horses, social media, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah, but at this point, like uh, my website is veilofreality.com. So all my work is there, you know, including the podcast. I have the same setup like you guys, you know, first hour of public, second hour for members with my wife, or sometimes we have guests on as well. All my writings, their videos, social media. I'm in Facebook jail again. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a Facebook page. We have a, a Telegram channel at Time of Transitions, our Telegram channel. That's where we mostly now post uncensored material, you know. And you guys have a Telegram channel at all, or yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, we're growing so, it. I'll check it out. Awesome the process, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll so, link up for sure. and that's it. And right now, like as I mentioned before, my wife and I, Laura and I, we are we are um, engaged in online courses. We just started a new one, taking twenty five people on a journey, going really deep. And but we are also working on a standalone version of this course, which also will be released soon. And and that's cool. that. And then who knows what the future brings, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I highly recommend you go check out Bernard's material, whether it's at his website, Veil of Reality, or on YouTube. Check out some of his videos, get your feet wet, discover what this guy's about because there's 
there's a lot there. Um, definitely, that's 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 resonant. Um, to our members, thank you so much for supporting us. We really, really, really appreciate you guys and hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. Take care. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.